Hi everyone, this is Rico from my quarantined house. <laughs> Not really any more quarantined than anybody else these days. Just staying, uh, staying away from people. Staying away from people, as all geeks and nerds should always do. Except when there's conventions. A little bit more about that later. But uh, hey, welcome to Treks and Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness, which is so needed right now. Not just my show, but just in general, we need some uh, distraction and focus from the the current uh, things going on in the world, right? So uh, today is April 19th, 2020. It is podcast 769. Thanks to Mark for last week's show for guest hosting. Uh, Mark is uh, my go-to uh, my go-to uh, guy for guest spots. He's always uh, willing to help out, and I really appreciate that. It gives me a chance to uh, take a week off and do some other things. Anyway, um, this week, I'm going to do the, what I call my long-awaited I've talked about uh, doing this for the last month or more. Uh, I wanted to do a show about some anime movie stuff. Uh, a couple of ones specifically. Ghost in the Shell from a couple of years ago with Scarlett Johansson. And uh, Battle Angel Alita, which is about a, from about a year, a little bit more than a year, year and a half ago or so, I think, came out in theaters. Enjoyed both of those. Uh, and I'll probably touch on a few others uh, during today's show. Uh, but I wanted to stick to more what, you know, the live action kind of anime, but I'll probably mention some just animated stuff too. Uh, the, those two films are are mostly um, live action. There's there's a lot of CGI work and stuff in those, especially the uh, Battle Angel Alita one. Uh, but we'll talk more about that on the podcast. I'll talk about some other things, other stuff I've been watching, what I've been up to, um, building some things out of Mega Blocks, and, and a whole bunch more here on this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, again, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Rico, your host for Treks and Sci Fi. I've been doing this since 2005 and um, never thought that uh, never thought we'd be doing or that we'd live in a time like we have right now. It's it's totally weird, isn't it? It's just hard to believe that uh, a little bug out there, a little microscopic bug has has, has created uh, such an impact on the world. It's it's uh, I, 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 you can only do what you can do yourselves. There's a lot of weirdness, craziness, people protesting, which is ridiculous. You know, there was something, I live in Michigan and there were some people doing that, you know, kind of protesting, oh, we don't want to be locked in anymore. I'm like, what, what, why? You should be happy to be locked in, in terms of like, you know, keeping healthy. Um, if, if you think we can all just go back to what we've been doing right now, you're wrong. Uh, and just, ugh, it, it just, what, what what really annoys me, and 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 this isn't geeky, but I kind of have to vent a little bit. This is what one of the reasons I do a podcast and talking to my wife and and friends and family. But um, the sad thing now is, or or what always has gotten me, and even before this current thing is, 
you get these reports online on television about you know the you know something like this protest and it's a few hundred people or something there's like 10 million people in michigan and a few hundred people go out and protest. And, of course, that, that's what the news covers. And I get it. I understand that. But you really got to put it in perspective. Most people are just staying put in their homes if they can uh, and, and just trying to venture out when they need to for food and, and, and medical if they need that. And, and, and also, of course, there are people that are having to still go to a regular work and, and who, who support those services and, and, and other things. And, you know, my hat's off to you guys. I'm fortunate enough to work, be able to stay at home and work, but you know they 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 kind of have to get out there. But but this stuff, I just it, it annoys me that the the there's a perspective here that I think needs to be figured out about. Like you know, other states, other parts of the world see these things and they think, my goodness, you know, the U.S. or the state of Michigan, they've lost their minds. No, no. No, only some, only this tiny, 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 I don't know what 200 people, uh, the percentage is out of 10 million. It's not big. Um, We've had more cases of coronavirus here than people protesting uh, by far, unfortunately. Um, So we got to be careful. And the other thing, you know, they keep talking about is wanting to get get people back out there, you know, other opening up businesses and things in May. I, I think it's still going to take a couple of weeks past that. Let's put it in geeky perspective, though. So it was announced just a couple of days ago, I think on Friday, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. No one was surprised by this. Most conventions, most event things have been canceled for several months out, um, almost in some cases, even for the rest of the year. I'm even hearing things like college football. I'm not a big sports watcher, but I'm already hearing that college football in in the fall might be impacted might not even happen um which is you know several months away but it was announced just a couple of days ago that they're not having san diego comic-con for the first time in over 50 years they're not going to have it and i had a press pass for this year and i was going to go again i've gone for the last two years it's been a blast each time really enjoyed it great um uh, hanging out with kenny and seeing his friends and and just seeing all the cool stuff that you see at comic-con the costumes uh, it's just uh, it, it was something i always wanted to do and now i'm really hooked on going uh since i've been going the last couple of years the the word is that people who have tickets and i'm hoping that also includes people who have press passes or media passes you know like kenny's in the industry and he's got he's gets those sometimes and anyway um i'm hoping that those things just get they're saying that the tickets will definitely be transferable to next year. You'll just go in and when San Diego Comic-Con starts sending out emails on all this, you'll just go into your little account and you'll just click, okay, yeah, transfer to 2021 or whatever. So that's probably what's going to happen. But it is disappointing. It is a, it's my, you know, probably one of the things I look forward to each year the most. Uh, Of course, I'm happy to be healthy and safe. I kind of think that it, even if it had happened, a lot of people wouldn't have gone. I probably wouldn't have gone anyway. I, I don't think by July, I think there'll still certainly be cases happening. I don't think it'll be over. Hopefully it'll be a lot less. Um, but do you really want to go to an event with like 150,000 or more people around? Um, and that plus uh, the celebrities that show up and the guests, they're probably not going to want to go either. Uh, I, I think they're going to be advised not to. So it would have been very different, I think, if it had happened. 
Uh, now they're talking about even when things get going, maybe they're going to start having to people have to wear masks at things like this. And I don't know if that's going to really work. I, I don't know how well you can police that and patrol it. Um, it's just, uh, I think, yeah, maybe people will try to do that for a while. Like Lynn and I were talking about this, uh, like movie theaters, for example. Uh, you know, if, if they open movie theaters up in a couple of months, are, are they going to make people wear masks if they go in and watch a movie i i i'm a big movie goer i like going to the movies still i i don't think i would probably do that very much i i don't really i'm not really a fan of wearing a mask for a couple of hours while i watch a movie i watched a movie last night uh, here at home uh I, I and and i you know didn't have to wear a mask and i have a pretty nice setup and that's one of the things that's affected movies for a while now. People having pretty nice setups in their houses to watch movies and movies coming out <clears throat> on Blu-rays and streaming and pay-per-view stuff, uh, Voodoo and all these things, Redbox, whatever, however you do it, pe- movies coming out pretty quickly, you know, within a few months after they're released in theaters. I mean, we just had Rise of the Skywalker came out, right, in, in March, and it was just in theaters at the end of the year in December, three months later or so, right? And that's a mega movie, um, and and it's already out. You can watch it at home. So it would probably, even a blockbuster like that, like a new Marvel movie or the Bond movie, Top Gun, what else is coming, Wonder Woman movie. I, I don't even know if I'd, I probably maybe would go and wear a mask to watch those. Uh, how do you eat your popcorn when you're wearing a mask? I mean, you really can't. You'd have to move it away. And if you're moving it away to eat your candy and your popcorn and your your wings or whatever you get at your movie theater, drink your drink or beer or whatever. Um, I don't think a mask in a theater is going to work. I think they would just have to limit seating, the number of people, have people separated by quite a bit. Uh, I think that that's the only potential um, way to handle this. So, and, and I think we're a long way off from that. I mean, AMC theaters are talking about maybe if they don't get going back by around July or so, they're going to go bankrupt. Um, I, I, it's going to be a big impact on a lot of businesses, obviously. Uh, I'm re- hearing some things about comic uh, comics maybe getting back going. Diamond Distributing, who distributes all the comics in the U.S., Canada, they're talking about maybe by about mid-May to get comics back, in, back going, uh, distributing them. My uh, local comic shop has been shut down. And, you know, everything except, except for essential businesses are shut down in Michigan. Uh, they haven't even offered a way to, well, there are no new comics coming out and D- Diamond, you know, said they weren't going to distribute them. So Marvel, DC, all the publishers have basically stopped making new comics right now. But that's being talked about maybe going starting in mid-May. Whether the shops will open again by then, I don't know. I'm hoping that they can create some kind of a same thing like a grocery setup or whatever curbside some way to get you your comics uh, once they start being published and distributed again. Even if the shop isn't technically really open, you don't go into it. Maybe they bring it out to you in your car or whatever. There's ways that you can do that uh, and, and stay fairly isolated and not um, not come into contact. I mean, the shop I go to, uh, not come into contact with a lot of people, shop I go to is, is pretty small. It's a, it's a really, I mean... Honestly, my basement, square footage-wise, I think is bigger than this shop that I go into uh, for this. It's a really small store, um, but I like it. They offer a discount still. They're nice people, and uh, but it's not a... Although, you, 
typically, except on maybe a Wednesday when I go in there on New Comic Day, I mean, there may be two or three, four. I don't think there's ever been maybe more than five or six people in that shop at one time when I've been in there. And even then, I mean, there are times if I go, don't go in on a Wednesday when new comics come out, if I go in on Thursday maybe to pick up books, um, a lot of times it'll just be one person at the, you know, working the store and, and me. Uh, so not a huge number of people that you're coming in contact with. And that's true with most comic shops these days. I mean, there are some bigger ones around, but um, uh, the um, they're not um, they're not like a grocery store or a Home Depot and or whatever or Walmart. Uh, even though those places, I think, are starting to mostly limit the number of people in the stores. Yeah, it's a weird weird time. I think nobody wants it to go back to you know we. If you start opening things up and you don't, people don't want to just a pension. Then all of a sudden, people start getting a lot of cases of this. I keep thinking about like an office building if it opens and you know, what happens if a, a person or two in the, in the office building gets it, gets this and, and is test positive and, and gets sick or whatever, will they have all the people still come into work or will they tell them to all go home for two weeks? Like we could just go through this bouncy ball of, all right, there's some sick people. So go back home and then come back in and go back home. I mean, I think the, um, I think they're going to try to very much limit the number of people that go back into a place like that. If you've got a job that can be done mostly remotely, I think we're in we're going to be remotely working for quite a long time, a lot longer than I think anyone really would have thought at the beginning. I'm thinking maybe at least through the next month, uh, through May, maybe we'll, we'll see. I mean, essentially, I, I think that they need to do that. I think I think those that can still work at home should to prevent you know, that puts fewer and fewer people out there, right? Um, for those that can. So we will see. I Sorry if I'm talking about this too much, but it's, of course, on my mind. It's on everybody's mind. But what I've been, um, and then I'm going to talk a couple more minutes about what I've been doing in the, you know, between thinking about this stuff, working at home. I, I, I finally started, Lynn and I, actually, she's helping me. Uh, I got from, uh, I think one of my sons got me this two or three Christmases ago, maybe 20 maybe about three years ago, maybe even four years ago. I don't know. It's been sitting in my basement in its box. But I have this very huge, um, it's a company called Mega Blocks, which are very much like Legos. Um, they're about the same size pieces and that. Anyway, it's it's called Mega Blocks. And it is a, um, it's the Starship Enterprise from the original series. And basically it's a 3000 plus piece set and you build a, uh, I think it ends up being about uh, studio scale size. It's a pretty big model when it's done from the pictures that I've seen. Uh, something maybe about two feet or a little bit more, 25, 30 inches long, something. Uh, it comes with a little base that you build. But anyway, we've been working a little bit, maybe about an hour each day for the last week building that thing. And that's been fun. Um, nice distraction. Although I will say that, and I knew this about this, you get about like 34 bags of parts and none of the bags are labeled. So you, you spend a lot of time sorting and looking for parts so far. I mean, we, within the first day or two, you start with the base and I, and I think we might be missing a couple parts. I actually already used the mega blocks online, um, missing parts form to order a couple of parts <laughs> that I, we still can't find. Uh, even though we've moved on from that step Fortunately, what we haven't been able to find hasn't really prevented us from moving on. They're, they're pieces that can be added on later. They're not really in a critical area like underneath other things. So 
so we're able to keep going and uh but it's going really well i it's it's a very cool uh kit uh, I th- I don't know if they're still available. I, I I mean this this came out I think for the 50th anniversary of Trek, which was like 2016, 2017 in that time frame. I'm sure you can find them online at places eBay at least in that. Um, but I uh, I'll let you guys know more probably in the next time I record uh, a little bit more about the um, the set and and what I think about it. And but it, it, yeah, I've heard everyone who's built it. Jedi Jeff's built it. Uh, most people seem to really have a good time building it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I've uh, started watching Altered Carbon on Netflix. I finished the third season of Jessica Jones. Uh, Some of the regular TV shows haven't really been on. Flash finally comes back this week. I had the weirdest dream (laughs) with the Flash was in my dream. Uh, Actually, the actor playing him, but he was actually the Flash. Uh, It was weird. We, We ran into this little kid lost at a store, and we were trying to help him find his parents. It was Totally vivid and, and, and weird, uh, but um, but anyway, uh, that that uh, that was a very odd dream the other night. <laughs> uh, what else? So I've been yeah watching a few movies. I watched that uh, what's it called Bloodshot with Vin Diesel that's on demand. You, that was that came out at theaters or was going to come out in theaters. I guess it did right before theaters got shut down, at least here. Uh, it was an okay movie. It's based on a Valiant comic book series, um, but it was okay. I, nothing spectacular, but interesting and, and, and visually pretty neat. So, uh, yeah, uh, that that was fun. And I watched uh, Jojo Rabbit uh, with, how do you say the guy's name? Takiti, Taki Watiti, uh, whatever. It, it won some, I think, a screenplay award in the Oscars. Uh, uh, kind of an odd movie, but very charming uh, hard to explain. Uh, it's basically set in, during World War II in Germany. Uh, follows this little kid named uh, Jojo, uh, and uh, he has sort of an imaginary. You could tell this from the previews, no spoilers. But his imaginary friend friend is Adolf Hitler, <laughs> played played by the director. Uh, and uh, it was uh, it was very kind of quirky and weird and fun and charming. So I liked it a lot. Those are. That's my kind of movie. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so that's what I've been keeping up on. A couple other shows, streaming shows that I'm watching. I, um, I'm i hearing interesting things about this new Netflix show. I think it's new or maybe it's a new season of it, Dark. I want to check that out. Um, yeah, there's there's just I got a whole long list of stuff to watch. And, and oh, the most recent episode of The Clone Wars, Picard, of course, has ended. So, uh we're still getting Clone Wars. We've got a new season of Harley Quinn on DC Universe, but that latest episode of Clone Wars that featured Ahsoka and uh, and and she was back with the Jedi and 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 I don't want to say too much, but really good. Um, this final season of the Clone Wars that they're doing on Disney Plus, it was probably my favorite episode so far, definitely of the season. Really exciting stuff, and I think there's three more for the season to finish out this arc. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, really enjoyed that. And, and, uh, that comes out on Fridays. Uh, Harley Quinn, like I said, on DC universe has got a new season. That show is still crazy fun. Uh, really enjoying it. So, uh, yeah, plenty of things to watch, of course, on, on the various services that are out there. All right. Uh, let's see. I think that's probably good for now. I, um, 
I think I'm going to take a short break here and then I will return with um, my look at some anime films. Like I said, Ghost in the Shell, Battle Angel Alita and others. So I will be back in just um, a minute or less. When you're not listening to Treks in Sci-Fi and our friend Rico, please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. I am back. All right, let us get into uh, talking about um, some some anime, and I'll also probably have to talk about manga uh, a bit uh, as well because these things are usually generally the anime, um, either animation or live action stuff, film uh, or television shows usually comes after the manga, which are Japanese comics. Uh, for those not familiar with that, what that is. Uh, Basically, that you know, Japanese comic uh, illustrated stuff like that is called manga. And uh, to begin with, I'm not an anime or manga uh, expert. Uh, I, I do read some manga and I do watch some anime to some degree, um, but I, I don't know it all. And I and I just kind of pick and choose a bit of what I what I either read or watch if something interests me. And uh, the um, so there, there, you know, I've had uh, over the years. I, I've I've picked up enough of this stuff, watched some of it, uh, you know, like anime, like I said, and read some manga. But um, you know, one of the recent things I've talked about on the podcast a little bit. One of the things that I uh, I watched on Netflix, yeah, it was probably about a year ago now, and and it took me a long time to get through it. A lot of episodes, uh, but there was um, anime on uh, Netflix called Death Note. Although I think it's not on there anymore, I think it it's it you know Netflix shuffles what what they have on there for different reasons. They get licensing things, they don't renew licenses. There's a lot of reasons or whatever. But anyway, Death Note. I think there's even a live action film that I saw I, that I might watch sometime. Although I haven't heard very good things about that, but I would like. I'm interested. But that's that came from a manga book uh, that I've read a little bit of the manga, but I, I watched the anime of it. Um, prior to the manga there hasn't been that much manga where i've read the manga and then read and then watched the anime later so there's a little prelim to what we're going to be talking about but i wanted to focus mostly on two things and and we'll talk again about some others a little bit here and there but the first one i wanted to talk about is is called ghost in the shell now uh, i want to i'm going to mostly focus on the the live action film from 2017 uh, gosh, can't believe that was already three years ago. Right about now, actually, March 31st, 2017, uh, it was released. That's the one with Scarlett Johansson that got a lot of controversy because she was playing this main character and she wasn't Asian. So, uh, But more about that we'll talk about when I get to the film. But I wanted to give you a little background on Ghost in the Shell. In case you're interested in this, if um, if you want to seek out other um, anime uh stuff related to ghost in the shell or or the manga for for example I'll give you a little bit of the background there's a lot of stuff on ghost in the shell to begin with there's a lot of manga out there there's a lot of animated anime uh, out there and and then there's a live action film so it, it's it's a pretty big um franchise pretty big uh thing that's been around for a while but i'll, I'll give you like i said some some background so Ghost in the Shell is known in Japan as the mobile, mobile armored riot police. Um, 
it's kind of a cyber cyberpunk science fiction futury kind of a tale has sort of to me it has sort of a bit of a blade runner feel but then again a lot of a lot of manga and anime kind of fits into that near future kind of world a bit um but uh there's uh, i'm looking at wikipedia right now and again i'm trying to give you guys some quick quick background on this let me um uh let me give you a little bit more here. I'll, I'll read a little bit of the setting. So, uh, Ghost in the Shell. It's um, it's primarily set uh, in the mid 21st century in fictional uh, Japanese city of Niihama. I think that's how you say it. Niihama. I think in Niihama, uh, otherwise known as Newport City. The manga and the anime adaptations follow the members of the Public Security Section Nine, a task force consisting of various professionals at solving and preventing crime. Mostly with some sort of police background, there's political intrigue and counterterrorism operations. Uh, they're standard fare for Section 9. Uh, there's also always a lot of corrupt officials and companies, cyber crim criminals in each scenario that are unique and require the diverse skills of Section 9 staff to prevent um, these things from escalating. So it's a post-cyberpunk kind of uh, possible future computer technology is advanced um, to the point that many members... Uh, of the public even possess cyber brains. Uh, they can they can interface their their minds with uh, various uh, networks. Uh, they also have uh, enhancements, uh, you know, to the to the people themselves, cybernetic type Borgish like implants, you know, that that allow them to um, to perform kind of superhero type feats, you know, prosthesis legs that let them go faster, jump higher. Um, arms, stronger arms, bodies, and all that. Um, and uh, the main character in this, uh, called the Major, um, uh, Mokoto, let's see, Motoko Kusinaga, something like that. <laughs> terrible, terrible name pronouncing. Sorry, apologize. Um, she is such a cyborg. She had a terrible accident, uh, and, and she eventually had to... Um, create this you know or has her whole body been replaced by pretty much by cybernetics but um with this high level of cyber cyberization that she has it kind of also opens the um opens her up and, and others like her to uh, hackers um so that's that gives you a little bit of a feel um to to the to the main character you know like i said she's sort of a a police person in a way um she's cyber enhanced uh she's had these traumas and in the movie, Scarlett Johansson plays that character. And that is that probably gives you a pretty good background. Now, let me list a little bit about some of the manga out there in the other anime. And then um, the original manga, then I'll get to the, to the movie, the live action film. Uh, the original manga ran um, from like an 89 to 90. Uh, it was in a something called a manga anthology called Young Magazine. It's been republished since then. Um, there's a lot of versions of this. There's uh, animated series. There's animated movies. Uh, there's Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence is another film. There's something called Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Ghost in the Shell 2.0. Ghost in the Shell the new movie. <laughs> That's a title, right? Uh, those are all films. Um, there's also these animated series, you know, a lot of anime, an there's a lot of anime animated series on Netflix. I'm not sure how much of this, I didn't look ahead of time to find out. I know the movie actually is not on there, the live action film, uh, but I think some of the anime is, 
And check out the other services, you know, streaming things like Prime Video, if you have Prime, you know, which gives you free shipping, of course, uh, and, and, and a lot of video series these days and movies. You know, check out the usual places. Uh, some of this stuff, of course, you, you can buy. You obviously can buy the DVDs or Blu-rays that are out there to watch um, these various animated series. A lot of them are very long. A lot of them have, you know, tens and ten, you know, 50, 60, 100 episodes. Some are less than that. Uh, but um, there, there are a lot of longer series out there. So let us segue now over into the, giving you a little bit of background on the... Um, the film itself and uh, it looks like uh here's a little bit of background and it tells you how long a film takes to get done so way back in 2008 dreamworks and steven spielberg acquired the rights to to do a live action adaptation from the original ghost in the shell manga and now we push all the way forward to um 2014 so a whole what is that six years go by and Rupert Sanders was announced as director with a screenplay by William Wheeler. And in 20, April of 2016, the full cast was announced. Uh, and uh, I won't go through all of them, uh, but um, you had uh, Juliette Binoche uh, and, of course, Scott Johansson in the lead role. Um, but, of course, that that really created a, a lot of controversy. Uh, the, the idea of putting a... You know, a regular Caucasian white woman in this role for a very Asian, you know, Japanese piece of literature and animated films that they've done caused a lot of controversy. I, I'm kind of mixed on it. Uh, I don't have a lot of investment in this in terms of, you know, it bothered me because it's not really something that I follow super closely. And that's probably going to always affect you and, you know, how you react to this stuff. But, you know, they've they've recast things over the years with different races. They've also, uh, you know, we had a um, I was just talking the other day with some of my uh, online friends and chatting over Facebook Messenger. But, you know, there was that really not very good last Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four film that they did. And Johnny Storm or the Human Torch, who for years and decades in the comics is just a white guy, um, it, it, they they replaced him with a with a black actor and i didn't care it was that was fine it didn't really bother me that much it kind of was a little bit odd considering i've read fantastic four comments sorry fantastic four comics <laughs> comments that's funny uh comics since i was in like college uh but um the uh i was willing to be open minded about it but that that movie just was not very good period uh, it didn't get very good reviews. It didn't do very well at the box office. Um, even serious comic fans like myself didn't didn't enjoy that movie, and it didn't really have anything to do with Johnny Storm, you know, being a black guy now. Um, so, it, the reverse of it, it's funny how you know replacing someone of a of a you know a white person with a minority, or maybe making a, a character like they did in the new Battlestar turning a Starbuck from a male character from the original series into a female character. Some things get, get people all worked up more than others. But when you take an Asian character like this and, and just have a white woman play her, I, I, people kind of, you know, freak out. I mean, like they're doing that new live action Mulan, right. That got delayed because of the virus and all that. I, I, if they had thrown Scarlett Johansson, in, I mean, that's, that's a movie that that is all about Japanese culture and everything and 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 history. 
that would have been too far, I feel. For for the, the uh, Ghost in the Shell movie, uh, is it too far? Maybe. Could they have put a, an Asian woman in there? Probably. Would it have me- meant that they made less money? Yeah. Even though, truthfully, the movie, and we can segue sort of over to that now, the movie didn't do very well financially. Um, I think there's several reasons for that. I don't think it just has to do with Scarlett Johansson playing the character. Uh, I don't think that was just it. I think that was just a tiny piece of it. I don't think in general anime um, type of properties. I don't think the United States, uh, I think they play well in Asia. I don't think they play super well here. And, you know, I think the fact that they recast the character uh, would have hurt the Asian audience and wanting to see it. Now, admittedly, Scarlett Johansson is a super popular actress. So, there's always this in Hollywood. There's always, of course, an urge when you're putting a lot of money down to this movie. So let's see it. It um, it had a budget of 110 million. It made about 170 million at the box office. So is streaming and DVD Blu-ray sales. I have the Blu-ray of it. Um, it it didn't flop. It it it, it more or less probably it essentially broke even. Maybe a little a little less than that. Because typically you always hear that it isn't just the budget, but there's a lot of cost in marketing movies and things. So you've got to almost double the rough rule of thumb is you kind of double the budget. And if it makes that much, it's kind of okay. Um, could have been a lot worse for it. Uh, I, I, you know, the fact that it made 170, you know, million isn't, isn't terrible. But of course, a big movie like this, and it certainly could have led to a series of films if it had made a lot more money. I thought it was really cool, truthfully. I'll give you a, a, a quickie little rundown of the movie for me, at least. I liked it. I thought that it was in. I liked the idea of the Ghost in the Shell um, background. You know, I like the this near future society with cybernetic people and police kind of policing things. I thought the look of it was cool. The the way they did it. The you know. Uh, everything involved with creating this character of the major and, and, and just the images and scenes, you know, I'm, I'm a big sucker for cyberpunk stuff already. Hey, when are we going to get that cyberpunk? Um, <laughs> the, the game that's coming out, whatever that, um, Keanu Reeves is doing a voice for, I think it got delayed, right? So, uh, but, uh, and they changed the story a bit. They did, they did alter the story here for this movie. Uh, versus what was done in the original, uh, some of the other anime that's out there, uh, or um, the manga, you know, the animated anime, saying that twice is, or saying that together sounds weird, but I think anime, I don't, I don't know if there's another name for live action anime. I guess you call anime just anime, which in essence is animated, and, and if it, they turn it in an anime thing or uh, this stuff into live action, then you have to call it live action anime, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm using the right terms. Does it matter? No. Okay. So with that said, uh, let me play um, the trailer to Ghost in the Shell. And one of the main things, last thing, or, or um, what I'll say here before I'll play the trailer just a little bit more. I've, I've said this many times on the podcast. One of the uh, things that I like to do on the podcast, besides covering Trek episodes and Star Wars stuff and other things, conventions, I always like to point out things that maybe people haven't watched or haven't seen and, and get them kind of maybe a little interested to give it a try and try to open your mind and, and think about it um, rather than just immediately shut off like, oh, no, I won't like that kind of stuff or, 
I can't, you know, the fact that they create or they did this and didn't put an Asian woman in that role. I mean, if that really bothers you enough that you won't watch it, you'll just refuse to watch it because of because of that point. Um, that's fine. If that's if that's how you feel, I, I, I tend to like to experience lots of different things. And uh, this is the decision that people who made the movie decided to do. Uh, you know, I don't have to agree with everything that they did I agree with everything they did in The Last Jedi? No. <laughs> but I went to see it, and I tried to enjoy some of it and enjoyed a good part of it. So it's it's just the – I'm not I'm not a very black and white person. And, and, and these days I think it's important to try to be as much more on the – in a, you know, I'm going to use what I've said before, shades of gray. It just, you know, be, be – you know – Give it a shot. Maybe put it on sometime if you can find it streaming or, or whatever um, and watch a bit of it. And if it doesn't really interest you, I mean, it opens. It has a cool, really opening scene. If, if you within the next, you know, next uh, within the first, you know, say 15, 20 minutes of the movie, if it, if it doesn't really appeal to you, just turn it off. You know, don't don't continue like a TV show. I watch a few episodes. If it doesn't really appeal to me, um, I won't continue to watch it. Uh, and that that's it. I, I mean, time is precious. Uh, and you got to, you know, watch things we enjoy and read things we enjoy and so on. So anyway, with all that, uh, Ghost in the Shell, here is the trailer, or one of the trailers. I'm sure there were a, a jillion of them. One of the uh, official trailers to Ghost in the Shell, the live-action film from 2017 with Scarlett Johansson. This is Major. I'm on site. the first of your kind but you're not invulnerable maybe next time you can design me better everyone around me they feel connected to something connected to something I'm not what are you dying we saved you and now you save others
So there, that gives you a bit of a, a little bit of a taste, a feel. It's it's a lot of action, so those trailers are a little bit hard if you haven't seen it. Uh, obviously, you can find uh, the trailer over on good old YouTube. So, but that gives you. Um, oh, it looks like I gotta dial this volume down a little bit. Sorry. Um, that gives you a little bit of a taste for it. Uh, again, I think the movie is interesting and fun. Uh, I think Scarlett Johansson does a good job. She has this. Uh, <laughs> She did that movie, Her, uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, uh, which I highly recommend. Really good movie. But she kind of has a little bit of a niche of playing these kinds of movies and roles in a way. She did that also movie. What was the movie where uh, Oh, she had that stuff put inside of her? What was the name of it? And she was in Asia, too, in that movie. Um, gosh, I can't remember what the name of it was. But um, sorry about that. You guys can. I don't know if that's enough to go on. <laughs> She's captured, she's injected with this stuff or whatever, right, and turns her, uh, gives her all these abilities. Um, that was a good movie, too, but uh, I have a little bit of, uh, definitely uh, enjoy Asian culture, enjoy uh, these kinds of films. Uh, Asian action movies are fun, anime, manga, and all that. So, uh, again, one of the reasons I, I do these things is to try to point out stuff that you guys may not have watched, uh, things that are a little less well-known possibly um although this movie got a good amount of press and most people probably that listen to this podcast um have certainly heard about it uh may not have seen it so uh but again give it a shot i just took a quick look at netflix at least there is some ghost in the shell anime on there um there's arise uh ghost in the shell ghost pain uh ghost whispers ghost in the shell three ghost tears um, there's things like this, like even the altered carbon show that I'm watching right now is sort of along those lines. There's a cool thing called Gantz. Uh, I may have talked about that one before on there. You know, one of the things that, um, that Netflix does, if you search for something, it will, um, obviously brings up other, other titles, other things related to that. So, uh, all right, let us switch over now to talk about the other main one that I wanted to cover this week which is uh, Battle Angel Alita, and I will, um, I'm going to give you first a, a little background on it, a little bit of, um, a little bit of background from where it started, uh, what else is out there, just like I did about Ghost in the Shell, what else is out there uh, related to this, comics, there's a lot of comics, I know Comicsology has, Comicsology has Ghost in the Shell stuff, it has um, uh, Battle Angel Alita stuff, so, it's a great app, if especially right now, if you want to maybe start trying some comics, if you're not into comics, or even if you are. Comixology, there's an, what's called Comixology Unlimited, which I've said before, it is five or six a month, but it gives you access to a lot of comics. You don't have to pay extra for the comics then. Uh, there are comics you still have to buy on there, more recent things, and a, a lot of it's a bit of a mixed bag of, of what um, it includes in that. But you can scout around, just download the Comixology app on your iPad or whatever, and then see if there's enough on there to to you know for you to justify spending five or six dollars to have a. Keep in mind, uh, five or six bucks to, to, for Comixology. A typical comic these days costs four dollars, three ninety nine. So. <laughs> For about the cost of maybe one comic or one and a half comics, you can you can get the access to a huge library of comics, and and if you're not someone who's read a lot of comics, uh, that that that's a darn good value, better value than 
than a lot of things uh, by far. So, um, and uh, hey, I'm going to just pause the recording here for a second. This is going to be exciting, but I got to dash upstairs and switch up some laundry, but I'll be back before you know it in, in a few seconds. And then we'll continue with Battle Angel Alita. All right, laundry going again. Good. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's get into Battle Angel Alita. So the, this is weird. So the uh, let's get a little nomenclature kind of finished or figured out here. So the movie is called Alita colon Battle Angel, the live action, uh, mostly live action with some you know CGI, of course. Um, that's Alita Battle Angel. Of that movie was um, 2019. It came out. The, the manga and the history of this one is it was Battle Angel Alita. So there's Battle Angel Alita, which was the original manga and, and that. And then, the uh, like I said, then it's a, a Alita Battle Angel for the... I don't know why they do that stuff. I guess maybe in a way it's good because it allows you to, to, um, to sort of distinguish between them. But uh, anyway, let me give you some background on this one. The... Uh, uh, again, started uh, started out as a um, uh, oh, losing my mind a manga and uh, created by Yukito Kishiro, and the original ran from 1990 to 95 in nine different volumes um, in a in a magazine called Business Jump. Uh, the let's see, English publisher Kodansha Kodanasha USA. Uh, so that that's the original um, manga that started this, and uh, it's also in the post-apocalyptic. Although I don't think Ghost in the Shell is supposed to be like. I guess there's sort of an apocalypse that happened. It's a little nebulous and uh, undefined of what what exactly. I mean, there's parts of the the areas you see in the movies and the manga for that that an anime that are kind of wiped out. I think the conclusion in the future, you know, whatever it is, Blade Runner, whatever whatever near you know, 100 years, 200, 300, whatever years from now. Uh, e- even Star Trek had the eugenics wars. I mean, there, there's there's very few th- future things uh, in in literature and in film and comics, whatever that doesn't think that or that don't think that we're going to have some kind of thing happen. You know, that's going to mess up the world, which is going on right now, right? Uh, and but we'll all get through this. The um, let me give you the plot, kind of the basics, of background a little bit on um, uh, Alita, Battle Angel, or Battle Angel Alita. So Battle Angel Alita tells the story of Alita, obviously, maybe, who's an amnesiac uh, female cyborg. Her um, her intact head and chest in suspended animation are found by cybermedic uh, Desuki Ido. And he's in the basically he finds her in the local garbage dump. Ido manages to revive her, finding she's lost her memory. Names her Alita after his recently deceased cat. Um, Although I think right in the movie, it's not his cat, it's his daughter, uh, a daughter that he lost. Uh, there, I'll have to, it's been about a year since I've seen this movie. Uh, the rebuilt Alita soon discovers that instinctively she remembers uh, the legendary martial art Panzer Kunst, although she does not recall anything else. Um, she uses this, uh, these skills uh, and, and martial arts to become a bounty hunter killing cyborg criminals in the scrapyard. Uh, and then she becomes this star player in, in this gladiator type sport, uh, called motorball, uh, which reminds me kind of of that rollerball movie a bit. Um, 
she starts to uh, remember while in different combat times, she starts to remember, Lita starts to uh, awaken memories from her earlier life on Mars. Uh, and she call, she comes involved in the floating city of Zalem. Uh, and then as one of their agents, she's down to sent down uh, to hunt criminals. Um, there's a mad genius named Desti Nova. And it's, it's, it, there's a lot more to it than this, but that's the basics of it. Um, just like the uh, Ghost in the Shell thing, you know, you have another um, female uh, lead character here who his memories and mind has been a little messed with or enhanced in some way. Um, Alita is certainly much more of a machine, uh, you know, her body is than the, um, than the major is in ghost in the shell, although they're, they're pretty equivalent in their capabilities in a, in a way. Uh, and, and then, um, so there you go. So there's some background on the manga and the original, the original, uh, uh, source of, of where this came from. All right, let us get to the movie now. Um, I will play a uh, trailer for you uh, in, in a few minutes, but I was going to give you a little bit of um, a little bit of background on the development of it first. Uh, so we've already talked about the, where the manga started. Um, uh, it was originally they were thinking um, it was well it w- they originally took the manga and to brought brought it to James Cameron, James Cameron's attention um, by filmmaker Guillermo del Toro, and Cameron immediately became enamored with the concept. Um, James Cameron was associated with this. He back in oh May of two thousand and eight, he'd be working on an, uh, a film. Uh, things got delayed. Da, 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 da. I'm kind of I'm skimming this this multiple paragraph uh, development production Wikipedia entry. Uh, there we'll skip on to let's see during an interview with Alfonso Quiron on July 2013, uh, Cameron said 2017 is the date when production would begin to film. In October 2015, the Hollywood Reporter direct, uh, said that uh, director Robert Rodriguez was in negotiations to direct the movie, and Cam- Cameron would just be a producer. Uh, uh, and da, 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 uh, they had a 186-page screenplay and some 600 pages of notes. Uh, they um, they then uh, basically started working on the film, uh, and Rodriguez ended up being the director. Uh, they started in 2016 and they were going to have a release date of 2018. Um, the, uh, casting, you know, took some time and these things take a lot of post-production as well. Uh, time is what, you know, to finish them out. So, um, the main character in this movie, uh, play who plays Alita is Rosa Salazar, um, I, I think she's really good. Uh, I think uh, there's a, they have a similar look. One of the things they did in this uh, was that the the actress, especially her face, is 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 what they use a lot of, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of motion capture stuff here that's gone on, um, just like Gollum and Lord of the Rings, but um, but there's a very similar look to Alita's face and the actress Rosa Salazar. Uh, Christoph Waltz is is the the scientist type guy who finds her. Uh, he, Christoph Waltz is is great just all the time. Jennifer Connelly is also in this movie. Uh, Marichiala Ali, 
uh, is in this, who was in the Luke Cage Netflix show. And I think the guy won an Oscar this year or last year. Uh, Jackie Early Haley is in this. Uh, Keenan Johnson. A good cast, solid cast. You know, not huge, huge names, but solid, solid people. Um, and now I think let us play. Oh, by the way, uh, one last a little bit of thing. This movie was really successful, actually. Um, this movie uh, was made for about a budget of 170 million. It made over 400 million at the box office. I, I really do truly hope that we get another Alita movie. It, it is not a complete. I would say it, it's sort of a complete story, the movie, but they're certainly left a, a lot of things that they can continue and do more with. I don't want to give away too much, but um, I, I truthfully, I think one of the one of people's comments about this movie is that it kind of just ends and you expect and maybe want more. Um, I would say it's still satisfying and fine about that, but it, it certainly feels like the, you know they could easily, uh, I mean, easily do another film. No, no question about having material for that. But here, in any case, let me play the trailer for one of the trailers for a Battle Angel Alita from, uh, it was released, uh, where's the release date again? Um, January 31st, 2019. So it's only roughly about a year old or so. So uh, something, you know, a little more than a year. Here is the trailer for the movie. Does it bother you? That I'm not completely human? You are the most human person I have ever met. Didn't I tell you to be home before dark? I just lost track of time. Alita, you have to be responsible. You are someone very special. Hey, kid. Not just a teenage girl. Hey, what's your problem? You can't remember. What do you mean? Doc found you in the scrapyard. So you must be from up there. And I'm just an insignificant girl. That's what they want you to think. I'm not your daughter. I don't know what I am. I do. You have the most advanced weapon ever. But that's just a shell. It's not bad or good. That part's up to you. I do not stand by in the presence of evil. She's threatening the natural order of things. Tonight is not a game. It is a hunt. I need you to destroy a girl called Alita. You made the biggest mistake of your life. And what's that? Underestimating who I am. There's the trailer for uh, Alita, colon, Battle Angel, not Battle Angel Alita. 
So how'd you guys think of that? Um, yeah, it, it's, it has a very, to me, a very similar feel to Ghost in the Shell. You have this female uh, enhanced person who mind is a little bit messed up. Alita, there's um, there's kind of a lot of uh, innocence and charm to, to her and her character. Maybe not as much as with the Major's character in um, the uh, Ghost in the Shell franchise movie and so on. But I, I, I really enjoyed I enjoy both these movies quite a bit. Um, maybe Alita a bit more than Ghost in the Shell, just because of that extra little added uh, innocence and charm that you have. Um, both movies are really worth watching to me. Both movies are pretty visually just amazing. If you can watch them on a in a in a good display, you know, 4K even, you know, do that. Uh, re- really amazing looking. I think. Uh, the visuals, especially in, in both of these, are outstanding. So, yeah, something I hopefully you maybe you guys aren't really um, aware of as much, uh, but you might want to give it a give it a, a try sometime. And and I know Alita has been on um, HBO uh, a fair amount. So if you've got HBO, you can find that one there. The uh, this live action version. So, uh, yeah, good cast, uh, solid movies, both of them. So, uh, I'm going to take a, uh, a break. And during this break though, you're going to get a chance to listen to another music segment by Vartok. He did a, um, did a little bit of a music, uh, section on, uh, a character in a, in a show. Well, the show Stargate Atlantis, the character Taylor played by Rachel Luttrell, uh, this is uh, about a seven-minute-long segment on music featured on that show, and after that, I'll be back to just wrap up um, the podcast for this week. This is Vartok again with another Trek and Sci-Fi music moment. One soundtrack and a few words. For today's moment, I'm going to talk about Canadian actress Rachel Luttrell. Alrighty then, who is Rachel Luttrell and what is her connection to sci-fi? Glad you asked. You might better know Rachel as the character of Taylor Emigan from the hit sci-fi series Stargate Atlantis, which aired from 2004 to 2009 in which I have been binging at home due to the COVID-19 pandemic. If you recall, in the series, Taylor is the leader of the Athosians, a human race of farmers, hunters, and traders from the planet Athos in the Pegasus Galaxy. She had seen much of her family culled by the Wraith, an evil race of human-shaped beings that suck the life out of you using the palms of their hands. Taylor is skilled in military strategy, martial arts, and Pegasus Galaxy Diplomacy. He practices a form of stick fighting, and she sparred frequently with fellow Atlantis characters Ronan and Lieutenant Colonel John Shepard. In real life, Rachel is an accomplished actress and singer who works in film, television, and on stage. She was born in Tanzania in 1971, the granddaughter of a powerful medicine man of the Washambala tribespeople. Shortly after her fifth birthday, her family emigrated to Canada, settling in Toronto. As a child, she studied piano at the Royal Conservatory of Music, 
and ballet at the Russian Academy of Classical Ballet. Her father, from Louisiana, initially trained Rachel's soprano voice. She also played the alto saxophone in high school and studied English horseback riding. She landed her first film role while still in high school, playing Billy D. Williams' daughter in the made-for-TV movie Courage in 1986. Nine years later, she moved to Los Angeles to continue to pursue her acting career. At one point, she became frustrated with the life of a struggling young actress in Hollywood, almost giving up her career to study architecture at UCLA. But she persisted. After studying for a summer in Oxford, England, she returned to L.A. And in 2004, she was cast in the role of Taylor Amagam. Well, as you frequently learn, actors and actresses usually have multiple skill sets, and such is the case with Rachel. In 2011, she completed her first CD titled, I Wish You Love. Rachel is 49 years old today, married to Lloyd Bateman, and they have two children together. She is still active in her career, primarily in TV roles. So now you know a little bit about Rachel Luttrell, who played the role of Taylor on Stargate Atlantis. I am going to play one of her tracks titled, Only You, Valentine's Day Release, a single released in 2011. Let's see what you think. Looking from a window above It's like a story of love Can you hear me? Came back only yesterday you're moving further away Want you near me All I needed was the love you gave All I needed for another Wonder if you'll understand 
enjoyed this music and sci-fi music moment and now back to you rico all right i am back thanks so much for our talk thanks really appreciate that really cool segment uh and thank you uh he's um he said he's going to do us do more during this uh time where he's got a little more time like a lot of people have so we expect some more stuff from vartex soon thanks again um so that's it for this week's show, folks. I'm going to get out of here real quick. Uh, I just wanted to say next week, the plan right now at least, is to do a um, a Skype chat. Skype chat with uh, the Patreon supporters, patreon.com uh, forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi. If you want to donate um, to supporting the podcast, you know, a dollar, two or three a month, whatever you feel like, if you can. I know a lot of people are a little pressed for financial um things these days so you know feel free if you if you can't that's fine or or if you need to adjust your pledges that's fine no worries no problem there but if you if you do like the show and you've been listening especially you've been listening for a long time and you want to try to support the show uh we are going to do a chat next week for anyone who is a current patreon supporter Uh, i'll do a skype chat sometime next weekend probably just talk about what people have been doing during this time quarantining what have they been watching what have they been reading any recommendations um maybe something like that but that's the plan for next weekend's podcast on treks and sci-fi thanks everyone so much for listening stay careful stay safe um just do the best you can to not go out if you can if you can avoid going out don't go out right if you if you don't got to go to work don't even really go over to a friend's house or a neighbor's house or, or a relative's house. Uh, Lynn just, um, we, uh, my, my son, my oldest son has a little baby. Well, not too much of a baby, I guess, anymore. Still a baby, but, you know, about a year, 18 months now, a little bit more than that. Anyway, Bryson, who lives maybe 15, 20 minutes away from us, she took over some chocolate chip cookies, but just left them on the porch Um you know, in, in a in a bag, of course, but didn't go in or anything like that, and it just it just basically devastated her because we haven't been able to. We've been Facetiming a lot, but we, you know, she can't go in and give him a hug or whatever, and and just. Uh, but we're not doing that. We're not even going in with, and and they've been staying home too. Both of them have been able to work from home. They haven't really gone out, but um, I just read a report today about geometrics of, you know, even if you just come in contact with one or two other people, how much that connects you to, you know, just a bunch of other people. Um, so just, yeah, try not to do it if you, if you can avoid it. So that's it. Uh, all right. Thanks again, everyone for listening, downloading the show. Uh, look forward to talking to you on the Facebook group or wherever. Um, drop me an email, treksf at gmail.com. Those are always fun to get and yeah, 
So take care, everyone. Be careful, be safe, uh, stay healthy, and uh, try to not worry too much about this. It, it'll get better. No, no, no question about that. And uh, we'll all make it through, hopefully, and uh, everything will be, uh, it'll be fine. Well, I, I keep thinking of that Doc Brown thing at the end of the first Back to the Future movie where he's explaining to, to Marty, you know, what you got to do. Okay, Marty, you, you just got to go. Uh, you got to just go down here and uh, you've got to, you know, get in the DeLorean, get it up to 88 miles per hour, strike the uh, the little wire uh, at, at precisely when the clock tower is hit by lightning. And then he says, <laughs> he's like, and if you just do all that, everything will be fine. I, I, I always remember that. It was like this whole complicated th- a series of events that have to happen. And then Doc just kind of in Doc Brown way, you know, he's like, if you do all that, then everything will be fine. So uh, if we all stay as, as safe and, and, and closed off as we can, everything will be fine too. So, all right, folks, talk to you soon. Bye. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.